Welcome to the Post Ride Cafe with your hosts, Sam and Aaron. The podcast all about cycling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. Welcome to episode 36. What's up, dude? How much, man? Uh, lovely weather out there. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I rode a little late today, but... We have the luxury was... now. But yeah, that that's really nice. It's a it's a good change. Yeah, I think it was only like a hundred today. <laughs> yeah, which is like I think it topped for... around ninety or something when I was riding. So was... yeah, no, it was nice. I woke up uh, early too, and you know, usually I've been doing my riding in the afternoon. So like after work, so getting up this morning and riding is like oh, it's actually kind of cool out. Yeah, but yeah, it was pretty nice. I'm enjoying the weather. It's uh, turning into the cycling on season for Arizona. Most yeah. people are heading towards their off-season. And we can kick everybody out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, let's uh, before we get started, let's get into what the show's about today. We're going to be covering, recapping stages 10 through 15 of the Tour de France, as well as the Trino Adriatico up until the final day. That's tomorrow, but on Monday. But that's what uh, we'll be covering today. But uh, what's, this? what's the socials, man? Yeah, they can get to us uh, at Post Ride Cafe on Instagram and at Post Ride Cafe on Twitter. That's right. Leave us a like, a follow, a complaint. Whatever you want to leave. That's right. We'll read it. We're, <laughs> we're, we're lonely. Uh, all right, let's get into our Strava Stats of the Week. Stats, man. Uh, yeah, well, I talked about last week, getting ready for a wedding, so I'm just going to cruise through this month, but 68 miles, 1,900 feet. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm getting back to it of where I like to be. Uh, yeah. 212 and 4,500 feet of climbing. Yeah, definitely an average week you would take. Um, yeah. Did both my rides this week were more climbing focused in a sense. Like not like climbing heavy, but I tried getting climbs in them. It's not uh, bad. That's an area where I've really been struggling and I've really noticed it. Um, so I'm trying to do that. That's my focus by the end of the year. I want to get more to that and yeah, see if I can make that A train, but... I think uh, just high B plus is going to be where I probably end up, but I mean we have three months. It's it's a long time. You can get you can get some good form in that time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, kind of my ride of the week. I'm you were saying high B plus. I feel like you know that's where I'm at right now, especially depending on the terrain. But I rode with West Valley and I started with the A group and did like nearly the first half, and I was just like. Mm. Too, too hard of pulling into the wind. We're going slight uphill into the wind at 28, and it's my turn to pull, and I was like, that, that's not happening. I, I'm pulling no one. In yeah, that, yeah. In that kind yeah, guy of pulls a, off, and you're just like, what? I, I think I did one of those and just waved. I'm just like, hey, sorry, everyone. Like, just, <laughs> just go on. So I waited for the B group, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is my jam. The, uh, but, I mean, at least I can do a lot of work up there. So it's... Yeah. It's pretty nice, and it's a good group, like we always say. And so, I, I mean, I think you can get there. I I, I do like uh, all the time. You know, I get there like, hey, how's it going? Where's Sam? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's uh, good to be missed, that's for sure. No, I plan on getting back there. I mean, I really enjoy that group as well. Everyone's real friendly. I also still want to try a couple other places I haven't ridden with, and I've been, you know, right now I've only grouped with Shade Tree in West Valley. I'd like to check out. Some of the other locations. I'm branching out soon, so... Uh... It's true. Yeah, Boss and Regroup, and there's a couple rides just around the area that I just, I want to try, and, and some of them I, are fast. You know, all of them are really fast, but 
I just want to get out and just, you just meet more people. It's kind of fun. Like, you kind of meet people on your own rides. And like, oh, I know that guy from a group ride. And yeah. Like, it's just kind of a good way to new to routes, spread out and just new areas. Yeah, like, exactly. But it's all about social for me in, in that sense. So it's, it's just cool to kind of meet more people. Got to build that cycling community. That's, that's what it's all about, man. Uh, but yeah, my ride of the week was Wednesday. I went out to do Castle. And it's the first time in a while I took my bike to work and rode after because it's been 105, 110. And it's like, get off work at 4. Like, there's no way. It's the hottest part of the day. Yeah, it was like, it's peak heat. <laughs> yeah. And so I've been, the days I have been riding is just like after work, come home. It's 5-ish. You know, it's starting to get more towards sunset. It's a little more tolerable. But with the nice weather, I think it was like 89 that day. Like, it was really nice. That's so I took my time. bike and went out to do Castle, which is pretty hard climb. And it peaks at like 18% or something. And yeah. I was trying to do the Castle 4 segment on Strava, <laughs> which is going up 56th, going down, going up Castle, and then doing like a loop and going backwards and hitting reverse Castle and then backside of 56, which I think is the hardest part of that whole segment. Um, but the funnest part, too. It's just a cool little spot. My favorite. Well, it has the that. switchbacks. You know, you kind of feel like you're like doing something cool. Like, yeah. Switchbacks are just one of those things in the tour. Like, it's just awesome to see. Yeah, when you're going and then it opens up and you're like, oh, this is really cool. And yeah. I, I don't know, it's, to me, like I've said, it's consistent enough. It's the climbing that I like to do. Yeah, it's very much consistent. It's nice because you have this big straight and you just see the climb and then you take the corner and there's another straight. Like, it's all just very obvious and it just... Brutal. Like it starts at nine percent, goes up to like thirteen, and it's just a drag the whole time. But yeah, I didn't quite get to Castle. I was still feeling a little bike fit issues. I kind of had a, a saddle problem. Found out that I didn't have it tight enough, and I kind of dropped a few centimeters, <laughs> and just kind of, I just felt like my bike was just feeling more and more off. And then I realized I hit a bump, and my seat went down, and I was like, oh, that was the problem. I don't have a torque wrench. I'm worried about these fiber bikes to just explode, but. I was like, I think it'll be all right. Yeah. But anyway, a uh, good ride. I just still, the climbing is where I notice my bike fit difference just because I'm using different muscles. I'm starting to, I get a little sore in the tendon in my Achilles. More pressure too. You're probably putting down on there than, than mm -hmm. on a flat. So it's. Yeah. And then when you haven't climbed in a while, it's like, it's just kind of all these things. So I took it easy. I didn't do the actual Castle Four segment. I just did 56, then reverse 56. Then so still a good amount of climbing and, and it was a good ride. Just nice to be back to riding after work at four and I'll be able to get some of those 30, 40 mile rides as the plan and maybe one day I'll consistently break a hundred miles, but it was still a good, still a good ride. Yeah. No, I, I think it works either way. All right. Well, let's get into some cycling news before we hit the Torino Adriatico here. What do we got up on tap this week in, in the pro world? Yeah. So a couple things, uh, Bora adds another man, double in man, uh, with Woko Kelderman. Yeah. So we had talked about earlier, uh, a few weeks back, uh, that he was available and it wasn't set where he was going, but it was set that he was leaving Sunweb. Yeah. Uh, and looks like he's going to Bora. So good for them to get a little more depth in their climbing unit. Maybe replacing Micah. We'll see. Um, and the other here, we have UE picking up Trenton. Uh, that one didn't see really coming. Um, yeah. That's a weird pickup for them. But CCC has to be done as a team at this point. They've lost anyone who's anyone. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, their two biggest riders, GVA and, and Trentine, like, are both gone. So. Well, and I think, was it Fausto Mazzana? Was he on there and, and did a, I think, I, I think, I'm not 100%, but I think he was on there and did a mid-season transfer to De Kunic. Mm. He was somewhere and went to a mid-season. I think it no was No idea there. who that even is. 
Well, he's a good up and comer. Yeah. And so they lost some of their young talent. They've lost their team, you know, kind of their identity was building around GVA and they've lost him and they've yeah. lost more of their classics guys. I guess Zacharin's still there, maybe, but I mean, there's really nothing left as that team. It's, sure. it's kind of in pieces and and they don't really have a sponsor, even though the, uh, Auschwitz or whoever was saying Jim that Auschwitz, yeah. he was still looking and confident in it. I think it's more and more likely that someone's buying the license at, at this point. Yeah, it makes sense. We were kind of speculating maybe Alpes and Phoenix or something. They've looked really strong this season, and it's kind of like the Boris situation where it was like just Matthew Vanderpool and, and no one else, but they've kind of had their other guys kind of pick up the slack. Saw yeah. a guy win the Belgian Championship and a couple other stuff, so you know, seeing those pieces come together for them. And at this point, like, they would probably want to stay pro-continental. It's just you're at the the will of the wild cards. And so if you don't get them, like, they're not at the tour this year, and then, you you know, as Vanderpool, you're like, well, wow, it's getting all these... Attention. All the, you know, he's getting points. everything. Yeah. And, you know, I only get a selection. So it, at some point, you know, it's going to make sense for them to step up. Although I think they're getting pretty much all the classics this year. So yeah, maybe that'll be fine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Obviously, they only have a few months left to figure out the CCC thing. And yeah, I would not be surprised in the least if they um, either merge with another team or another team buys the license direct, like Total Direct Energy or Alpes and Phoenix. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's get into the Torino Adriatico. A little Giro prep. Slash Welta prep, I guess. There's not a whole lot of stuff going on this season. It's kind of packed, but what do we have here on stage one? That was a pretty cool stage. Yeah, uh, sprint stage. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the most notable thing has to be, you know, where did Ackerman come from in that sprint? Yeah. Just the narrowest of gaps and so late. It was one of those where I think there was going to be some headwind or was uphill or something like that. I think it was headwind. And it made just such a huge difference of going so late. I feel like he went in the last 100 or 200 meters. Yeah. Um, but just really shows kind of the nerve that some of the sprinters have to go through gaps that I definitely would never attempt. And Whoa, yeah. That was, uh, some, some, some people, other teammates yeah. made the attempt, so I might compare that later. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Just seeing him come out of nowhere. Like, you watch that stage, it looked like Gaviria was just going to get a, a, an easy victory or something and just like, just right through the sliver. It was almost like a Roo going underneath Froome's <laughs> That's kind of what Ackerman did, man. It was crazy. I feel crazy. like Gaviria was surprised. He was like, uh, there wasn't a gap here. Yeah. Where, where'd you come from? Exactly. Crazy. Well, stage two, kind of more of the same, another sprint stage. But this one was pretty interesting. I'm watching the finale, and, and Vanderpoel is just on the front, just crushing the leadouts. Like, just yeah. pulling so hard for like a kilometer and a half. I just, it was a massive pull. I was like, this guy could just solo from here. Like, it was a really in-depth pull. And at first, I didn't really know why, because I don't know much about Alpes and Phoenix. You don't see them mm -hmm. very much. And I'm like, who is he going to be riding for and all this stuff? And, you know, usually you would think he's the guy, right? And yeah. so to see him on the front doing, I mean, just a massivist of pulls I've seen, I feel like in a while, it was just insane pull. And still pretty cool, but it didn't really matter. I mean, Ackerman just takes another one. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I like those late attacks and um, and poles like that because it just totally messes with the sprint trains. And then everybody's got a free wheel, and I'm sure it's way more dangerous, but it it creates 
different winners and yeah an opportunity for people where they necessarily wouldn't have that well when you have a team like them they don't have like a the strongest of riders obviously Vanderpool's different but most of these pro contis don't typically have like the best sprinters or the best lead outs or whatever so if you have a guy who can just shake yeah. things up or even improve. four guys to you know to do the traditional type of lead yeah. out train and if you have one who can just mess up everybody it's pretty cool yeah pretty neat but yeah again Ackerman wins give you a second pretty much Kind of what we expected going into this race. You know, Ackerman and Gaviria are two of the top names we expected to see, and, and we've seen them battle it out so far. Yeah, so stage three, uh, first day for kind of the GC guys. Uh, Brake gets caught on the last climb, and uh, Woods just is basically the strongest of the bunch. He They have a reduced group, and he just kicks off from there. Uh, and Micah comes back to Pretty him. impressive, actually. I hate yeah. giving Micah credit. But I had to in this case. I would say Woods is definitely not the best descender. I think that's where Micah kind of caught up to him. Uh, but the two of them just work together. And uh, they end up taking 20 seconds on the rest of the GC guys. And, and Woods winning the sprint between him and Micah. Yeah, really nice to see Woods. You know, he had that big crash in Paranese and broke his, what, femur or something. And so yeah. nice to see him coming back and winning a race a stage anyway. And yeah, I'm sure it's just good news for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think especially that, was it last season or the season before where he got that Vuelta stage one where he dug real awesome. deep. And that was a cool stage. the uh, World Championships where he was there and dug real deep. Like, he's just a, I, I feel like one of those likable kind of riders when when they attack like that and it's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, these uh, Canadians have a similar temperament. You know, Ryder Hajidal is kind of that kind of guy too a little bit, but yeah, I don't think anyone dislikes Michael Woods. Everyone's probably no, happy no, to no, see no. Him, him doing well. And it's just exciting to watch. I don't think, you know, he's not going to be a GC guy, but just fun to watch. You know, stage hunter and, and always respect for those guys. Yeah, and so stage four, another GC day. Um, they kind of come together on the final climb, and that group splits, and, you know, little-known writer to you, uh, Fausto Masnada, uh Never goes been. off, and uh, I think Lucas Hamilton, the uh, Mickelson-Scott writer, uh, go together on the flat and they work together and the commentators were kind of like why is Hamilton working because he's pulling Mazzanato who's who was up in GC as well and he's giving him extra time over uh, Yates who's back there and I'm just yeah. they're like why is he working together like you could see if you're like hey Mazzanato like do as much work as you want to do if you can gain time go for it you know I'll get the stage win but he was working to him or you know with him for quite a while so Kind of odd, um, but Hamilton takes the sprint, and Woods does a lot of work to bring down the gap uh, on there, and and still holds his uh, his uh, position in uh, in GC. Awesome. I think um, stage five. You know, Woods still in the lead. EF doing really honoring the lead of the jersey. They're doing a lot of work throughout these stages, but. EF just doesn't have that kind of team. And so you really see it on this stage. Big. This is like the big mountain finish of the Trino. There's really not a whole lot of mountain climbing. The day that Woods took it was like the only other climb day and just nothing too crazy. But today there's actually a decent climb and we see Woods get distanced on the final climb. There's a little bit of a selection. You got Yates up there. Grant Thomas is starting to round into some form. Micah's still up there. You know, Micah just actually looking pretty good, but I think he's always excelled at these lesser competitive races anyway um fighting for that new team that he's wherever yeah. he's going <laughs> honestly he's kind of fighting for a contract at this point you're right 
Um, we see Fuglesong up there and Vlasov, and I kind of strange. Like Vlasov actually suffered a little bit. It's we hadn't seen that yet. Yeah, a suffer face for sure. Him and uh, Primos, just the the two no suffer face guys, and yeah, well, we've seen two of them now. It's true. Well, let's see. You know, this ended up. Simon Yates attacked in the, the end of this race and just distanced everybody and took 35 seconds on Grant Thomas, who came in second. But Woods lost a minute and 45. No one's really surprised. Like, he's one of those guys where you would have liked to see him keep the jersey, but no one was really expecting him to. Yeah, it's just, I don't think it's quite his style. He's more of that punchy attacking guy, you know, stage winner, mm -hmm. not, you know, a stage racer necessarily. Yeah. And so, like, these longer, more consistent climbs, some of these traditional, more GC guys are, are doing better than him. Yeah. You know, G coming in, you know, he's down now 35, 36 seconds on Yates. I'm not sure if that's enough to pull back. You know, there's a the last stage, not to skip ahead, but the other two stages following are, are, are sprinter-type stages. And so the last stage is a 10K time trial. And everyone knows Yates isn't that good at time trials, but 10K... I think it's going to be pretty tight. He actually has a chance to win this thing, I think. Yeah, that's it's just not very long. No, but well, take us into stage six, man. Yeah, so stage six uh, is a messy sprint on there. I was watching it, and same kind of thing. It seemed like lead-out trains being a little disrupted, and uh, actually Tim Merlier coming out on top. It was another one where Vanderpool was was there and, and doing a little bit of lead-out, and yeah. And Alpacin just showing some depth as a team, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's who he was working for the, the first stage two, and he got, I think, third or fourth on that stage. So, you know, Alpacin Phoenix really really showing some stuff, and it's not just about Vanderpool, which is always a good thing. So props to him, and nice to see the Belgian jersey anyway. Like, it's just super cool looking. It's one of my favorites. Like, I remember when I first started watching cycling at Gilbert, and yeah, it's just such an iconic jersey. And I'm glad to see Alpha and Phoenix kind of give it the full jersey, too. A lot of these teams lately have been, like, relegating it to this small band, almost like world championship bands. The bands are lame. I mean, it's yeah. just, like, I don't know, the Spanish one when they do the full one. Because, I mean, they, when you see the, the world US championships, Spanish. when they do, like, the full kit, like, yeah. the Spanish is, like, cool. Like, it's yeah. all over the place. Yeah, well, I think that yellow and red just looks super awesome anyway. But yeah. But I just love the Belgian jersey. So seeing them do it right is, is pretty, it's a really good-looking jersey. I mean, the Dutch with Vanderpool that we we're gonna see right up in front and on stage seven is is also pretty cool, like because he's he's all about the white shorts, which not everybody <laughs> wants to do, but he's into it. So stage seven, uh, kind of a another like real attacking day, and there's a a group off the front, and Matteo Fabro from Bora goes off solo, and looks like he's about to have it, and Vanderpool and a few guys come up. And in the last few hundred meters, Vanderpool attacks and pulls him back. I mean, Fabro's a little bit of a smaller guy and doesn't have that kind of kick and was out was out front. And, yeah, pretty cool. Again, one of the, you know, kind of takeaways that I think we, you know, we're a little ahead of ourselves if we got another stage, but it's just Alpacin is looking better and better as a, as a team as a whole. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it's really tough for them this year because it's at the same time as the tour, so it's one of those races that's kind of been lost. Not one I've been watching a lot of. I watched the first few stages, but when you have limited time, it's I picked the tour and yeah. you know obviously some other stuff at home, and so I haven't been able to even catch some of the last few K highlights and stuff. So I kind of feel bad, but it's not 
the the parts I have caught, even on the, some of the climbing days, it's just a prep race for a lot of these guys. They're not really putting everything into it. We don't no. have super solid teams and stuff, so it's kind of a little less exciting. Yeah, I mean, when it's going, anything when the tour is going on, it's just, it's just not the same. Yeah. Like, that's all it comes down to, and it'll be nice once, I guess the weird thing is going to be when there's the Giro and the Classics on, we're going to be, yeah. what are we going to do? Well, but, also, do you have the last week of the Giro and the first week of the Vuelta? So that, that's going to be, I don't know how I'm going to have all the time in the world to do all that stuff, but yeah, it'll chaos. be interesting. Um, it'll be post-wedding, so I'll have way more free time. As yeah, we, as everything we... post-wedding is just... It's easier. Yeah, yeah, it's it's La La Land over here post wedding. <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah, I think for me as far as takeaways, obviously the sprinters are looking good, like you said, Alpes and Phoenix. But Ackerman, you know, coming into the Giro, um, I think he's doing the Volta anyway. I always forget that. I think he's doing the Giro. Is he? Who's doing the Volta for that? I thought it was it was a weird season. Anyway, I don't know. It's not Sam Bennett. I'll tell you that. Sam Bennett isn't doing anything <laughs> besides. Kicking Bora's ass. Wearing the jersey. But no, as far as like people training for the Giro to attempt, I was looking for Fuglesong to win the Giro. And so seeing him place poorly on that mountains finish, not really something I wanted to see. Um, but yeah. I think we've seen Yates win before. Uh, I think he won the Vuelta. So he, has, he was really close to winning that Giro until he cracked. But I think right now he's probably the favorite. We'll see how G kind of finishes this time trial if he can he's, pull back he's that coming time. into it for sure i think i guess uh, we'll see the depth of their team um yeah. which we'll kind of look at the tour here um and see if they have a strong enough team to come into it and help them out uh, yeah i think it'll be actually pretty tightly contested but i think it'll be yates is going to be there for sure g fuglesong we'll see how camp i mean i still think it's going to be a good zero but this has been a weird race to kind of gauge there's only been one real day so yeah kind of tough but well we'll find out what happened on monday next week i guess let's get into the tour de france recap dude stage 10 first day after the rest day straight up sprint day kind of disappointed because this next week we'll get really treated to a, a, a nice stage but i love rest days with a climbing day the next oh yeah because you see like everybody's legs react oddly to it or they can anyways yeah tj um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> but yeah, stage 10, pretty straightforward sprint day. Um, haven't really been a lot, but yeah. Bennett takes his first Tour de France. So pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not happy about it. but True, he I may think, have gotten back into the green jersey that day. Yeah, I think it's the Bennett revenge uh, on Bora of just treating him like shit, really, the last year, and, and well, they kind of deserve it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, they kind of deserve it for how they treated him, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, Bennett's clawed really hard to stay in the hunt in the green jersey. Obviously, it's one of those things where we've seen Sagan just kind of crush it. But, once again, they have changed it to make it really hard for Sagan to win. They keep putting these intermediate sprints, like, right at the beginning of the stage or, yeah, you know, on mountain stages. They put it right at the beginning or after, like, maybe a small cat four, not, like, middle or late. There's like no opportunity to. like how we had before to go off into a break yeah. and, you know, be like there with climbers and then be able to pick up the points and out sprint them. Like mm -hmm. there's still having their lead out trains, you know, leading out Bennett and yeah. and then their lead out trains out sprinting Sagan as well. It's true. Don't but, get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. But, but yeah, so pretty nice to see Bennett win. Obviously, it's been a long time since someone from Ireland has been in the green jersey. So a lot of people were excited. 
Yeah, it's cool. Stage 11, man. What happened there? The relegation. Yeah, just kind of going back to uh, Torino. That may have been a smaller gap there. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing. Like, if you can do it, fine. But if you can't, that's when, you know, it's it's on you. And he, he pushes well, Bernard, out of the way. I don't know. There was a little Who picture. Who are we talking about? Sagan. Yeah. Obviously. Well, we didn't say that. Oh, well. If I, was, if I was upset, then it was Sagan, for that's sure. That's fair. Fair enough. But there was a little picture where there was like a selfie stick out. And so maybe he was trying to avoid that. But the same thing, like you're you're going against the barriers, which is always a risky thing to do. Yeah. Like when he elbow gate of uh, Cavendish, Cavendish went against the barriers. That's at that point, it's kind of on you. You're you're yeah. trying to create a gap that isn't there. So yeah. if you can make it, you know, good for you. But if you can't, you know, it's at you know your own fault. You got to hit your brakes, or you knock into somebody, and you know you're gonna get. The, the justice of that, I guess. Yeah, I know there was a selfie stick talk. I, I never went back and watched it to look for that. It makes some sense because not something Sagan typically does to, like, bump people, but maybe it's true because he kind of had a, a real fucked up sprint today But the um, <laughs> in the intermediate. But, yeah, I don't know. Looking at the video, it looked like a perfectly fine window to me. It wasn't that bad. Ackerman seemed like it was half as wide, <laughs> and he made it just fine. But Ackerman's a little bit skinnier than Sagan, but... The um, yeah, unfortunately, he got relegated. He lost. He was. He ended up getting what, second or, or I think he was second in that stage or third. And they relegated yeah. him, and he lost forty three total points. Yeah, because they took away some points, and then they kicked him to the back of the field. So he he lost all that. Yeah. So kind of at this point, it it could be done for him, especially how things are coming up. Like you were saying with the intermediate sprints, pre mountains, uh, on all the stages, he really. That's where he kind of was his bread and butter to make up points, and it's just not there. Yeah, well, Ewan ended up winning that stage, but it was really close before Sagan got relegated. It was pretty much the photo finish was Ewan, Bennett, Sagan, Watt Van Aert, like all right there. Like, yeah, it was they pretty were cool, all like a four-up sprint. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty competitive, but I think this tour has been really hard. But Well, not to get uh, too much excitement, but man, uh, we talked about this last week, and, and Bora did it kind of again. Stage 12 started with the revenge, and Bora just dropped all the sprinters and just hammered down the whole day. Pretty pretty crazy to see them do this a couple times now. Yeah, and I mean, that's got to... I, I would think long-term they're, they're trying to kind of break Bennett's legs, uh, I would think, a little bit. And yeah. I don't know if he's going to miss the time cut, kind of break his legs, but if he can't go out and contest sprints or if he can't um, yeah. recover just in the same way, I guess that's their hope uh, at this point. But kind of mistake on this one, I feel like, is they caught the break a little bit too early. I forget oh, yeah. how far it was, but... 30 or 40K or something. Like, it was way too close. Way too, too early and unnecessary, and Hershey goes off the front and uh, goes clear for the solo win. And yeah. You're going to have people attacking like that, and that's the whole point whenever they they have these where they, they try to time the, the pullback uh, of a break to, you know, where it's within 10K or within whatever mm -hmm. it is that they can handle to discourage these types yeah. of attacks and uh, didn't, you know, didn't work for them at all. Well, I think the biggest thing in this Tour de France this year is the breakaways that have happened that don't make it are, like, really small. Like yeah. two riders or four riders or you're like 
they're not the ones of old where you have 10 to 12 riders where you can kind of cycle through and, and make some good time gaps. Like a lot of these brakes have been really tight leashed. And so the, you know, the few brakes that do win have been getting a long leash like you're kind of expecting. And nope, not yet, man. They're just like really tight, close. And so I think Bora's just not used to that pulling back stuff. They're not, you don't usually do that for him. Um, so they just, yeah, totally caught them early and, and allowed all these other guys that didn't do any work just to like great, great breaks, go ahead. And, and yeah, here she just having a pretty good tour, man. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. And uh, might be off the team soon as I'm yeah. seeing these. We, we joke about this and I'm sure everybody else does, but I, I saw there was some article that basically Sunweb's kind of, you know, Put him, put him in his contract around and be like, hey, like, is anybody and we want to take this fishing for some offers? I mean, you want to strike while the iron's hot. Like, his his stock right now is at its highest. Well, yeah, but he's but young. But his potential and, is his, He's young and good. Why get rid of somebody? Unless you're planning on closing up shop, which... Yeah, I don't know. I think they're, like, wanting to get relegated to, like, the pro team because, like, they don't want I anyone sell your potential. license or... I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. So, yeah, he has one year left in his contract and they're sort of dangling him out there. I think this isn't, like, the NBA or something else where you can get some cap space and maybe a draft pick and maybe get something really good. Like, yeah, no. This just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Sunweb's tactics this year as far as team management and what they've done with riders as far as the rosters going into next year and the following makes complete lack of sense to me. They're gutting no their own team and no idea why. There's got to be something behind it. Yeah, they're not building on anybody. They're not, like, they're just getting rid of anyone good. So yeah. strange. But, well... Stage 13, this was what, Friday, right? This is this is a tough stage for me. Because I looking at the profile, it was like, awesome. One of my favorites. Just a really cool profile. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was really strange. Because um, we had this break, big, big break. And finally had a break that was going to win the stage. It was pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. I thought this was going to be a GC day. Just because it was mostly flat and then like a really strong climb to the end. And, just wasn't the case, but um, it kind of ended up being boring for GC. But we see Bora out there with, I forget who it was. It was Leonard Kamna and, and Shockman. Emmanuel Shockman, right? Or, it was, yeah. Uh, Maximilian Shockman. Shockman and, and Kamna. Yep, and then Danny Martinez. So Shockman's up by himself. He's going up this climb. Uh, Danny Martinez tacking really hard, and Kamna's just coasting on his wheel. And it's like, cool, one of these Bora guys are going to get a stage win. You know, like, yeah. mostly like Kamna, he doesn't have to do any work at all. And, uh, yeah, Bora just trekked it, dude. This reminded me of Lombardia, just yeah, three guys, a, they just didn't have it. It just didn't make sense. Like, I know Shockman had been very tired at that point, but sure. the three of them are together, and uh, Martinez is in front, and so you're like, okay, he's, he, does, he seems to be doing a consistent pace, and Shockman's still there. That's what you want. Mm -hmm. and Kamna goes and attacks, instantly Shockman drops, and Martinez closes the gap. Yeah. And you're just like, why would you do that? I, You know, you should let it. everybody rest as long as possible, lean on Martinez as long as possible, like, unless you're just like, I'm 100% that, you know, he's cracked. Yeah. And it didn't seem that way at all, so I don't know why you would have done that and, and lose your whole advantage. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't make... It doesn't seem that bad to me because what should have happened was when Mar Martinez caught Shockman, Kamina should have attacked, right? Because he was just sitting on his wheel for multiple kilometers. Yeah, it is a climb and there's only could. so much you can do. But If he couldn't, then it, then I would say then they should all just stick together. Like, yeah. you know, you don't know what 
I don't know his ability in that moment, but yeah. But I think is at that point, statistically, you have two guys from your team and one from another. Like that guy shouldn't have to do any work. Yeah, the other two should be doing something. And work, he was and so. doing the work, so I, that's yeah. why I don't get it. Martinez but. just looked good. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think no matter what happened, like Martinez was just going to win the day. Like he was just better than all of them. Yeah, maybe so. But good to see him win. I mean, he had a tough early part of this tour, crashing and some other stuff, and so, you know, he was looking pretty promising in. Uh, the race before he took one of the last stages and like looking pretty good and yeah unfortunate to see him kind of crash and lose all that time and but yeah nice to see him get a victory too unfortunately our buddy picked him to win the damn stage and he took a bunch of points <laughs> just on out us, of nowhere what are you gonna do man <laughs> well <laughs> all right stage 14 another another bora day i haven't seen the team not writing for gc doing so much work in in a really long time uh, so they kind of cut off anything that would be a break, and and they're really working hard for Sagan. They they drop Bennett, and Sagan's really the the favorite, or should be for the most part of of um, of the sprinters that are left. Yeah, and he's just he can't finish it off, and it's just it's a it's a bummer on there, and yeah, there's not too much else to say about it. I, he just doesn't have it and I don't know if the teams work too hard and that's what yeah I just don't think he's getting green especially now at this point but yeah it's pretty tough he doesn't have a lot of opportunities left and an opportunity like today where he had his team working all day long and you have to remember Friday was a really hard sprint day Saturday was like this sort of transition stage going into Sunday's stage of like brutal HC climb at the finish like this is supposed to be a breakaway day for everyone to kind of relax recover a little bit before the hard day Sunday and Bora just hammered it from the gun and so I think a lot of teams are kind of not happy with Bora right now yeah I think they're pissed because I think uh Kung was in the break and it was just like I don't know why they were working for Sagan to get fourth kind of talking shit I mean but I think they're just mad about it and like Mezkit out sprinted Sagan for a second or and then someone else and but Cocard well, got third or something, but yeah. Yeah, but it's just like these guys who have nothing to gain by it really are going up there and contesting the sprint and I think just taking points away from them because they're tired of yeah. Bora going off and, and making it too hard on everybody for no reason. Well, I think what's going to happen, and, and I don't know, it's not really a... It'll be interesting to see what happens in week three when there's all these climbs. You know, it's like four days are climbing days and like, all these hard days that should be break days where you have a little bit of chance to recover and not not even recover, but just not expend a lot of energy. There actually seems like these teams are expending more energy, whether there was wind echelons on the day that they attacked early and then there was wind at the end of the stage and it was just all day hard. And, and then stage 14 is just all day hard because of Bora again. And so I think a lot of these teams are kind of just getting burned out. Yeah, I was going to say it might be kind of a lackluster last week just in the sense of, Anybody who's riding GC is, they're going to save their energy. And at a point, they're going to be like, yeah, sure, go let the brakes go. Like, if Bora wants to try to chase them down every day, go for it, which they're not going to be able to do. Yeah. But I think a lot of these GC guys are, are just going to kind of kick back and let the brakes go in the last week. And it's some stages that should have been cooler are, are going to be a little boring. I kind of feel bad. Uh, who won this stage? I forgot. Uh, Soren Craig Anderson. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had, That was a cool... Okay, I forgot. My bad. But cool finish. Sunweb, amazing tactics in this stage. 
they had three guys. They had Hirschi, they had Soren Kaiganesen, and they had Benut going into this finale. And so perfect tactics for them, almost like a quick step tactic. You know, they just, yeah. they had the advantage and Benut went off and attacked and his attack looked really good and it stuck for a while. And then he got pulled back in finally with a few K to go. And then here she goes and his attack wasn't as good, but it um, softened him up a little bit. And then Craig Anderson went and it was all over. For I him. knew it was done right there because when Sagan did some work to catch back up to him, he should have gone yeah. and he didn't. And I was like, that's going to be it because somebody oh, else launched yeah. and then nobody else, you know, that was, they let him go. Like, yeah, none of the other teams really cared because they didn't want Sagan to get any points. Yeah, so, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, no one wanted to sprint at that point because all the sprinters were gone. And so they're like, why are we going to help Sagan get more points at this point? Because they keep putting us through hell. So no one brought it back because no one wanted to. And Sagan caught up with Hirschi. And then by then he was probably in the red a little bit. And then when Craig yeah. Anderson went, there was zero responses from anybody at all. And like he had a clear gap and it was pretty much over after that. And then I think, I don't even know what Sagan finished. I think that was the sprint he got fourth at that point. Yeah, I think he got fourth. Yeah, so he he didn't really take a lot of points back. And going into today's stage, I think he's still back 40 points or something. It's going to be really hard. Now, bear in mind, pretty rough mountainous week ahead. What if he wins uh, on the Champs-Élysées and takes the the green jersey on the last day of the Tour de France? I mean, I don't see that happening. Like, I don't know if there's enough points either, but again, all these sprint points, intermediates are before the climbs that are mm-hmm. tough, so it's, yeah. it, it doesn't suit him at all. No. Well, let's get on to stage 15. That's today. They had the big climb up the Grand Columbia. It was a pretty big day. Yeah, it was a big day. It was another one that seemed like it could have been more explosive and maybe just too hard. And I probably the pace set by climber, sprinter, uh, all arounder, Wout Van Art, just dropping everyone. You're like, is he still on the front uh, going yeah. up, you know, 11%, 12%? Yeah, him and Robert Haysink were on the front on some of these climbs, just putting it down. And, and, and again, another one of those stages where the break only had two minutes, two and a half tops. You know, yeah. like, so going into the last climb that's 17K, you're like, well, there's no way they're winning. And there was only two people anyway. So um, everyone's favorite Pierre Roland had a pretty good day in the break for sure. But yeah, it was doomed from the get-go because if you're going into the last climb with two minutes, there's just no way. And um, yeah, Team Yama Visma just looked great. They just, like last week, they kind of were starting to look a little rough around the edges at the end of, uh, by, the, by the middle of this week. But yeah, they had a really good day today. Yeah. Full and, team support. Even yeah. that guy, I don't even know his name, but did some pulling. <laughs> yeah, True. Yeah, I mean, the big surprise, you know, we're looking at this group, and it's a fairly 20-ish size, you know, reduced peloton of the GC and a couple of their domestiques for each team, and just Bernal just shoots out the back. Like, yeah. He gets dropped, and everybody's still there, and it's just, and I think that's still Wout was when Wout was, was doing polling. Yeah. So he, he does his last turn, you know, goes back, and... Ends up riding together with with Bernal. Wow, Bernard is and Bernal are on the same level of climbing ability right now. Well, it's kind of like what we talked about with Kiwakowski when he first kind of joined Sky. Like he was kind of a classics guy or whatever when he was on um, was a quick step, right? Yeah. And so to see him like his first couple seasons on Sky, like pulling into the mountains, you're like, what the heck is this? And like same yeah. thing with Wow, Bernard, like just nuts because Kiwakowski could sprint. You know, he was 
kind of True. not as good as Wildfire Art was, but like in a similar vein. You know, he could he's won a few classics, he's won a few other things, and he could time trial. So like very good writer, and just seeing him all of a sudden being able to climb like a beast was like pretty <laughs> nuts. And so seeing Wildfire Art doing the same thing is, at this point, you're just kind of like, well, it's Wildfire Art. What can he do? But it's just so strange. But yeah, I mean. Yamabisma just had the hammer down and they just had it unlocked. Like, no one was getting past them. No one was going to do anything. They took control of this entire stage from as soon as the climbing started. They were there. And, like, you know, yeah. obviously Tony Martin did a lot of pulling early on, but yeah, they, they were in full control. It looked like Sky, basically. I would say that's one of those where, you know, they always talk about setting the pace so high on a climb that no one can attack. It's exactly what happened. At the end, Dumoulin is. is <laughs> is doing a very impressive and yeah. also looks very easy for him pull up this climb. Nobody can do anything. Yeah. Just at the very end, I've, under the last... Attacked. Yeah. He attacks, and under the last kilometer, maybe 500 meters or so, and uh, eventually Pochakar goes up front, gets the stage win. But, I mean, he. I think... Maybe he lost a few seconds or, or whatever. No, he ended up getting the same time as Pogacar. So well, he with the time, bonus. the time bonus. He I think it's four, four seconds, seconds difference. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and a couple of the other guys, you know, it's cool to see Port was still up there. Oran has yeah. moved up into third. Um, but yeah, I, those two. Yeah. With the strength of Yumbo Visma and how well Pogacar is going, I don't see them either of them losing their top two spots. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how the third week goes. And so the the caveat is there's been a lot more cases of COVID and, and there's worries that the tour might get canceled, right? Because of outside of the tour's control, I think there was um, the French government had said if there's X number of cases per whatever, like then it's going to get canceled. Well, they're going through those like hot zones now because I yeah. think the one today were, I think it was today there was... Or maybe it was all of France. There was ten. And they said like ten thousand new cases in a day, which yeah. is a ton. Yeah. And some of those are hot zones that they're going through right now. So there's actually a real concern that um, it could get canceled. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just been pretty. It was a pretty crazy stage. So we'll see how the rest day goes. It could be some big news, you know. But I think if it continues on, um, it's going to be a pretty good week. I'm a little disappointed because my prediction was always that Tom Dumoulin. <laughs> was going to be the best rider in the third week and win the Tour de France. And um, if Roglic cracked or something, I think Tom yeah. is just going to be their strongest rider. And he seems like the guy, he's just going to keep going. But, I mean, he's four and a half minutes back or five minutes now or whatever. Yeah. So it's not looking good for him, but he looked great today. I mean, it would be, impressive pull. I mean, kind of crazy, but not outside of the realm of possibility that he gets on the podium if he's just that impressive. Yeah. He's not moving into one or two, though. No, at this point, I don't think so. He's not going to attack his own team unless Roglic just really cracks, which I don't expect. So um, I just think more like he'll do really well on the time trial. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll move up a few places when some of these other guys drop. Yeah. And then he'll do really well on the time trial. And that's a pos very slim possibility to get on the podium. I don't even know, man. That time trial is 37 kilometers or something. But it's like, uphill, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think if you're that beat by the end of it, and if he's coming in, you know, right on form, it's possible. But Spoiler alert. He's winning the stage. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some previews going into next week's, assuming it goes ahead as usual. Uh, well, almost every single day is a mountain stage. So let's get right into 16 here. Uh, 164k ends on a kind of a small climb. It's more of like a, a punchers day, but there's plenty of climbs going into this stage. There's straight away a Cat Four, 
a little bit after that is the sprint point, so we'll see what Bora does. Yeah. It'd be an opportunity for them to try to get a little more points, and that sprint point's only the first 40K, so they can kind of just pull for the first hour and then knock it off. Um, but there's two Cat 2s and do a Cat 1 and then a Cat 3 finish. So it's still a mountainous day, but I, I think we'll see um, a breakaway here because the rest of this week is just rough. So I think the Pelotons, unless someone cracks, like Lopez or Pogachar or Roglic or something, it's going to be a relatively tame... We might see yeah. a small attack on, on the final count. Yeah, one. I see this being a break day. I guess ideally, you know, Sagan is in the break and it's a true breakaway. He goes in there. Some of the climbers go off just because the kind of downhill and easy cat three that it ends. I don't see any of the GC guys even wanting to attempt to go for it because there's no time to be made on a finish like that, really. Yeah. So for me, I pick first on this stage, I believe. Who am I going to go for? I think one of the last times, I think it's going to be Alaphilippe. That's a good pick. I was, uh, he was rattling around in my head here. Um, I don't know. It could be... They're not sages. Like, I think they're done really poorly, so don't, don't feel like there's <laughs> I'm going like to go dig in. We'll go dig in. That's not bad. Uh, all right, stage 17. What do you know? Another climbing day. Uh, this one, sprint points pretty early on. There's like a small, uncategorized climb, so maybe we'll see Bora again, um, depending on how Bennett's looking. But I could see them going for this again, but end of the stage, an HC, downhill, HC. So pretty... Pretty rough day. I think it actually crests over 2,000 meters, so we're starting to get into some of those higher altitudes. But the final climb, it's 170 kilometers. Final climb looks pretty tough. Um, the average is 7.7 .7 and it's 18.6, so it's a pretty big day. And then again, last five, four and a half kilometers are all basically over 10%. So, um, Yeah, this has to be a GC day to me, especially yeah. really thinking it's gonna be a break day the day before. Mm -hmm. This is where you could try to make up some time. I would, I would like to see one of the you know guys outside of the podium positions try to try to do something. I don't know if they can, um, but most likely it's going to be a Primos or Pochakar kind of day. And yeah, that's that's you got to pick one, dude. Well, I'll go Primos. All right. Uh, well, I actually think a breakaway is going to win the stage, but I do think it's going to have. We're going to see a GC fight at the end, but I think we're not going to see a pretty medium tempo up the climb, the first HC, and I think we're going to see some attacks and down. And I think we'll actually see a breakaway, so All that's right. my hunch. Now just picking out who's going to win. I mean, the obvious bet is he or she. <laughs> I, think I can do no wrong. But I think he's never really been known for climbing super hard stuff, so I'm going to have to go with some sort of climber-focused guy. So, I mean, could it be the day that Nielsen Palace finally wins something. Could be. Or Roland gets a, dude, makes dude, it happen. Dude, he, could he, he has been kind of building. He looks pretty good. I actually was thinking about Roland, so I'm going to pick Pierre Roland. I think he'll finally have a good day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I thought the same thing of uh, that Friday stage, that it was going to be a GC day, and it ended up being a break. And So I think it's going to be something similar to that, unfortunately. But we shall see. Stage 18. Another one of those profiles that I think sucks, but it's uphill and then it ends in a downhill. So a couple categorized climbs, it goes, it's uphill from the beginning. So there's 
we're going to see like someone just crack right at the beginning. I think we're going to see a pretty stiff pace of the breakaway and the sprint is on an uphill. So I think we could see once again, Bora doing more work right off the front. Yeah. And so, um, cause Bennett's going to be suffering. So I think he's going to have pretty fatigued legs. So I think it's going to make a, it's so interesting that the, the green Jersey has been the most interesting thing about this tour. Sure hasn't been the polka dots. Oh, man. <laughs> I freaking hate the polka dot jersey right now. We've been talking about that. I don't know how to fix it. It's but been anyway, bad for years. I know. So we have a cat one, pretty much straight out of the gate into a cat three, cat two, cat one, an HC, and then a descent, an uncategorized uphill, and then a descent into the finish. And I, I know what they're trying to do. I know some of these stages sometimes are interesting, but descending... Into a finish is never exciting, but... I would say if you ended on an uphill, it would be more interesting, but... Yeah, I don't like these. This looks like a breakaway day to me. This looks like a Hershey stage to me. Ending on that, that kind of little kicker and downhill. Yeah, well, that last climb is no joke. It's only 6K, but it averages 11%. Yeah, it's, I... It, the entire thing is black. Yeah, it's going to be rough, and we could see a couple of GC guys cracking here. I just think that they're going to let... A break's going to have so far of an advantage here yeah. that it's going to be of no concern to try to bring it back, and the, the GC guys won't won't be gaining any time. Yeah, I, I don't see think so somebody either. cracking on here. So I go first. He or she is a good pick. Um, I, I just don't think whoever wants to win the polka dots is going to be in this, and so. But someone who can descend, and we all know Pierre Roland cannot descend, so he was um, losing time on his descents today. I'm going to go with... i got to find somebody. I, I don't know. I'm trying to look real quick Who's about... Who's up there in the polka dots? Well, it's open. Well, I guess It's basically true. an open competition, so it's really quickly... I mean, at this point, I'm just going to go Carapaz because Ineos isn't doing anything anymore, and so we're going to have an unleashed Carapaz. That is true. So I'm going to go with Carapaz on this stage. Are you going to stick with your Hershey? I'll stick with Hershey. But that does make sense because I, I didn't think about, after today, the... It's going to shake up the team quite a bit of, of what the tactics are now, and now it's going to be stage wins, and we haven't really seen anyone. I mean, maybe Kiwikowski can is now, like, really don't know how his form is just because he's just been doing domestique work. Like, yeah. He could be, you know, he can definitely get over. I know it's still an HC, but I've seen him climb well, and I think he could stick with a group or come back to some a group on here on one of these descents. Yeah, well... We'll see. I mean, I, I think it'll it'll be an interesting one. Uh, but yeah, I think we're both right. I think it's going to be a breakaway. Take us through stage 19. Yeah, stage 19. This one's a little odd. It's probably going to be a sprint. Uh, so we're slight uphill, and it's just kind of lumpy. Uh, there's a cat four. And then finally, a sprint, intermediate sprint that's further down the stage. Looks about three quarters of the way through. Also uphill. So this would be a very good one for Sagan if he can get into the break. I don't see if Bora can con control it this long, but if he can just get into the break. Yeah. Um, but a lumpy, a lumpy day kind of ends on a downhill, so I can see uh, a puncture uh, winning this. Uh, it's kind of a tough pick of either a reduced bunch or a break. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's always hard to tell because the... The elevation gain only shows to go up to about 932, so just under 1,000 meters. So 
it may look kind of lumpy, but maybe in reality it's not. But yeah, it could it be just a straightforward sprint too. Who bunch knows? of false flats throughout this stage, basically. So, I mean, we'll see where the green jersey is. If it's still in con- tight contention, if Bora does happen to grab some points, you know, earlier on in these stages where they're kind of uphill and, and they can drop Bennett. If it's in real contention, I expect the same thing from Bora to, to really drop the hammer down because stage, the final stage going into Paris, like it's going to be really hard for Sagan to get points in a yeah. straight up sprint unless people are just so fatigued from all these mountain stages that you know he has an opportunity. So I think that's going to dictate this stage a lot. But I do think I don't know it'll be a reduced bunch. I don't know if it's going to be a full. I think people are just so damn tired. This week is just brutal. Um, so I don't know who to pick, but. Have you picked yet? I think you're up. I have oh, I have not picked. Well, good for you. <laughs> this is a tough stage to pick. Uh, yeah, I I picked him before. I'm going to go GVA. I think we're going to be a reduced bunch and I think he's going to go go off. I'm going to go I'm going to go out on a limb here. Call me crazy. I'm going to pick Sagan to win this stage. I I didn't want to jinx myself. I'm I'm not doing it. I'll do it. I don't know. I think this is a good stage for him. It it would be. But I know he's also just hasn't been looking good, but there's enough going on here, and I think there's going to be a lot of tired legs, and Sagan's been known to, to handle these stages better than most of these guys, and so I want to go out on a limb. Could be a Wout stage. He shouldn't have to do anything the next day aside from get through it. It's true. His tour is over after this, so um, it very well could be. That'd, be. that'd be a good pick. Well, stage 20. Pretty much the tour is built around this stage at this point. This is the time only time trial, 36.2 kilometers, most of it's uphill. Yeah, and isn't it on some sectors of gravel as well, I think? Oh, I don't know about that. I thought it was. You Maybe very well could be right. I, I don't know. We'll this just... isn't the, the Giro Rosa, dude. <laughs> I know. Oh, that was a bummer. Yeah. So this one is up the Blanche del Belfi. Um, pretty straightforward. I mean, it's 36K. The last uh, six kilometers are 8.5%. You know, looks like... One, two, three, four, five, six sections of that that are in the black. So max gradient only peaks out at, you know, I don't know, 10, 11, a little over 11%. So still pretty brutal after all the climbing throughout all the Tour de France. Like, I think we're going to see some good time gaps on this, even though it is an uphill, quote unquote. Like, the first half is relatively flat, and then the second, uh, third, first third is flat, second third is a little bit um, lumpy, and then the last part is just straight up. Yeah, I was going to say it's going to suit the more traditional time trialist type GC riders. So Primos and uh, Dumoulin, I think, will do really well at this. Uh, Pojagar is not you know bad at it, so I think he shouldn't lose much time. Yeah. Well, he's definitely not going to be losing time to the people that are behind him. Yeah, I just mean, I yeah. guess, in general. But I think... I think it's going to be Pojakar, or not Pojakar, Dumoulin or, or Primos who, who takes this stage. Yeah. Well, my, my prediction is still that Tom Dumoulin is going to be the freshest going into this week. Um, he hasn't done a lot of work, and then he's done a lot of work the last few days. But he's also been one of the more questionable as far as form goes, and so he didn't do a lot of work some of the other races leading into this. And so I, I think it's going to be perfect Dumoulin stage to win. It really reminds me of the World Championships in Norway where we had that yeah. brutal climb that Tony Martin was pissed off about. <laughs> and Dumoulin just, I mean, obliterated it. I so. mean, Dumoulin was going to beat him on a flat too at, at He that looked time. really good. So it's... Yeah. He was in such supreme form. But I think Dumoulin's going to win this one as well. And I think 
depending on how the rest of this week shakes up, could put him onto the podium. There's a possibility because the guys ahead of him, Lopez and Katana's a couple seconds ahead of him. Like, none of these guys can time trial. So no, um, I think Dumoulin will probably get a top five through this. But there's depending on how it goes, hood outside chance. Yeah, outside chance to get a podium. Very unlikely, but I'm hoping for like three, four minute gaps. I'm gonna say Primos wins this. Just you know, it's the end. He can drop that that mega D, and there's nothing else to race for. He can rest after this. So you know, kind of why not? Yeah. That seems to have kind of been his attitude or the teams or however you want to look at in the last, all these build up to the races where they were really put in a lot of work and taking wins. I, I think it's just kind of why not. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm kind of interested to see how Pogachar does. I mean, he is a good time trialist, but... I don't think he'll do poorly. I don't think he's yeah. going to lose out to, say, Yates or Ran or... No, or yeah, like, like I said, that. everyone behind him can't time trial, so there's no fear of him losing his podium if he didn't crack earlier in this week. Yeah. Um, kind of assuming things are progressing as they are. Um, hell, I mean, he could even be in yellow by the time he reaches this stage just because he is climbing really well. Like True. We saw today, Roglic finished in the same time as him, but he actually had a, a stress on his face. He looked tired. Yeah. Know? So all that's at play. We obviously don't know how this is going. If we were picking on Friday night, like we'd have a lot better idea of what's going on. But assuming Roglic is still in yellow and, and Pogacar is right on his heels... I think it'll be a really intense time trial, but yeah, I think Roglic shouldn't have any concerns about losing too much time to him, even if he didn't win. I don't think he'll get blown out by him. But it's no. all for Dumoulin, dude. He's going to crush it. <laughs> He's going to come back and get yellow, dude. <laughs> Forget the podium. <laughs> he just delivers like a 10-minute beating or something. I don't know. Well, stage 20, really not much to talk about. Obviously a straightforward sprint stage. It's a processional. No one really does too much. Cool stage. I th really like this because it's just sort of a, I don't want to say it's a party, but it's real casual at the beginning. Everyone kind of gets to celebrate. The winning team gets to do a little celebration. The green jersey gets to go up front. Possibly it might still be in play. You know, that, that kind of thing. And it's pretty cool to see everyone kind of just appreciate getting through the tour. It's, it's yeah. an honor. And it's a really a, a stage that kind of shows that where it's like, we all did it. Yeah. You have a little champagne. It would be really cool, just in general, not because I want Sagan to win, but it would be cool if the green jersey was still in play, just because that has not happened. <laughs> like a decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that this stage means something in that. I'm going to go just already forward that I'm going to say Bennett is going to win the stage. I think he's going to be in green already, and he's going to just really want to cement that, um, that win and that he is the best sprinter, and, and he's going to be real proud of that so i think it's gonna it'll mean a lot to him to do it yeah well i'm trying to figure out some scenario where like sagan's in green because of this week but he's close to, to <laughs> bennett and like trentine out sprints him and like bennett bennett doesn't get first he gets like second but trentine gets third and like takes enough points where sagan loses the jersey by like, like two points yeah <laughs> man no i think it's it is like i said before it is actually exciting to have the green jersey be in play Typically, at this stage of the race, no jerseys are in play, you know, by going into the last week. And so, so far, it's been pretty tight. I think the yellow, I wouldn't say locked up, but there's lots of people who aren't in play. And so, um, polka dots, never going to be. I don't know, it's depressing. <laughs> I don't even know who's going to end up in polka dots. I'm hoping it's like Pogachar or something like that. We're like, it would be cool. At least kinda, someone who's climbing well. Yeah. Who do I want to win this stage? I mean, it sucks because, like, 
Ewan's looked really bad in the mountains, which isn't a surprise, but he's been pretty close to some time cuts. And so if like, I pick Ewan, like, he might not even be in the race. I could see him uh, being out of the race. Yeah. So it, I, I don't know how much fatigue is going to be just, just to finish, is, you know, how he's going to be there. Well, the way Bora attacks these next few sprint <laughs> points, so we'll see. Um, who do I go for? I mean... Just ask Brady. Like, he'll be like, you know what, I think uh, Cobrelli's going to take this one or <laughs> some... Yeah, I'm going to go Seas Bowl. Um, I just, like, I agree with you. I don't know if Bennett's actually going to be here or not. Like, if he is, I think he has... Ewan, really, you mean? Uh, Ewan. What, what did I say? Bennett. Oh. Yeah, I don't think Ewan's going to be here. Um, I mean, hell, Bennett might not even be here, you know, depending on how it goes. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Case Bowl. Like, he's... Sunbubs just looked really good. You it's know, true. I, at the beginning of this race, we were kind of like what the hell are they doing? They didn't bring Matthews, and turns out he left the team, and like so it made some sense, and we are like, they kind of just took a bunch of weird people, but they've actually had a really good tour. I mean, maybe they just knew that. Like, they're just better with, like, a ragtag bunch of dudes. Yeah, I mean, maybe that suits their style. I mean, it doesn't make sense why you are switching up your team when yeah. they're doing well, but they've really lucked out, I think, on, on how well they're doing. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm going to go with Bowl winning on the Champs-Élysées would be kind of a surprise victory, I think. I mean, he's, his team's done well, and he's been there on occasion, but yeah, I don't know. That's how it's going to end up, and we'll see who wins the Tour de France. It's uh, If it continues on past Monday, I think it's going to be a really interesting final week. I think we could see a lot of people get dropped and crack. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a really rough third week. Usually, these third weeks are always, like, have a couple days, but four or five days that are just climbing, climbing, climbing. Yeah, my worry, like I said, is it's just going to be too hard and everyone's just going to want to finish and cement their place. Oh, that's true. And no one's going to want to attack. It's going to be just... The, diff the difficulty is going to neutralize anything else going on and the breaks are finally going to have their moment and they're going to be like, hey, we're fine with that. We're, we're done. Like It's true. It could maybe one be. day. You know, everything's just going to lead up to the time trial and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. We'll see. I mean, looking at the... Um, I'm trying to see if I can quickly pull up the um, top 10 real quick just to kind of see where everyone is. I don't remember uh, exactly how it looks. So we have Pogachar 40 seconds back, Aran's a minute 34, Lopez a minute 45, Yates 203, Port 213, Landed 216. So the podium right now is up for grabs. For sure. So that could be an interesting race. But they're also close enough to Roglic and Pogachar that they have to respect the attacks. And so, yeah, I don't know. It could be very interesting. After that, it, it's like three minutes, then five, six. You know, so it, it kind of becomes less, less and less important. So really, top seven is pretty fluid as far as third through seventh. So, yeah, depending on if some of those guys really go after it, it could be an interesting third week. But you're right. I mean, that's usually what we end up seeing as a guy like, I got to solidify my fourth or my fifth. Yeah, you know? they just want so. points or placement. Yeah, so I I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen because, you know, some of these stages look kind of like more breaks, but there's some really good GC day potential. There could be. I just, I don't see how it's played out. I don't see it happening. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Or maybe nothing will happen because it's canceled. Yeah. I really hope that doesn't oh. happen. Yeah, that would be the worst. I'd rather have a boring last week than, than no last week. Because, like, the sprint on the Champs is so, like, it's, like, required. Like, the Tour de France wasn't real if you didn't have that sprint. Yeah, I would like to see them change that, though. Everyone's to me, like, I mean, a time did. trial. Switch it to a nighttime one. <laughs> yeah. But just something. I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, that finishes up this week. We're going to next week kind of recap what happened. Um, maybe it'll be a really short recap, but we'll see. We're going to talk about the final stage, little time trial prologue, I guess, epilogue. I don't know what you would call that for the Torino Adriatico. And we might even kind of loosely bird's eye view, talk about the Giro, maybe just kind of talk about the overall route, that kind of thing. We'll figure out something, but touch on the players. Yeah, we'll see. But until next week, see you, man. All right, see you.